The call for proposals for Voice Summit 2020 is available now. Having the opportunity to speak at Voice Summit will be highly competitive this year. So if you'd like the chance to be a speaker at this year's event, fill out the form at voicesummit.ai and click on Apply to Speak. Proposals are only open until January 31st, so be sure to get yours in now. That's voicesummit.ai and click on Apply to Speak. Samsung Bixby is a leader in the voice world. Roger Kibbe, the senior developer evangelist of Viv Labs, talks on this episode about what makes Samsung unique amongst its competitors. The new things recently launched, including Bixby Views, natural language categories, and Bixby templates, plus how to get involved in Bixby Dev Jam. Hi, Inside Voice podcast listeners. This is your co-host, Carrie Roberts. And today, my guest is Roger Kibbe, the senior developer evangelist of Viv Labs, the company that was acquired by Samsung and develops the conversational AI technology that powers the new Bixby. And Viv Labs was co-founded by Adam Shire, who was also the co-founder of Siri. Welcome, Roger. Thank you for being here. Well, thanks, Carrie. And I'm super excited to talk to you one of my favorite topics, which is obviously voice. You know, I, I just a little history of myself. I've been at uh, Viv for about 10 months, but really involved with voice for over two and a half years. I founded a voice startup and then was doing my own uh, voice consulting, both strategy-wise and technology-wise. And, you know, throughout my career, I've always looked for ways to kind of humanize technology. And one of the reasons I'm so excited about voice is I think it is a great step forward in making technology accessible to all and really making it a human way to uh, communicate with our technology is a fabulous advance. Yes. And I know now you are working with Samsung and we hear a lot about Amazon and Google in the voice world as a whole, but from a broad overview, what do you think makes Samsung different from its competitors? So, you know, I think first thing is we're a hardware company, you know, our primary business is selling phones, TVs, appliances, tablets, watches, and, and, and many more devices. And, you know, our real goal is to voice enable all of those with the whole idea being I could just walk into my home or walk into my workplace and just talk and the technology around me could understand me and I could carry on a conversation or get a task done. I mean, the industry sometimes calls this ambient computing, but I think with our massive device ecosystem, we're pretty uniquely positioned to make that a true reality. You know, I think the other big differentiator we have um, is we really believe that third-party developers should dominate in voice. Adam Shire, our co-founder, I'm going to paraphrase a quote he likes to say, which is, we're not creating the world's best voice assistant, but we're enabling the world to create the world's best voice assistant. What it really means by that is we see ourselves as building a platform, and on top of this platform, third-party developers are going to build amazing voice experiences. To date, the voice ecosystem has been somewhat more dominated by a you know, first party. So whoever you buy your, your smart speaker or voice device from, you primarily interact with that party's uh, software and applications. We think it should be more like mobile. So think about in mobile, if I go down, you know, buy a phone, um, you know, I, I start up my phone and there's some built-in applications. What I really do is immediately go to the Play Store or the App Store and I download a bunch of applications. And my primary use of my phone is with those third-party applications. And we think voice should get there 
and that the primary use with a voice assistant should be with third-party applications. So really, we see that as, as our focus, and at least right now, a bit of a philosophical difference uh, between us and our competitors. Yes, I think that is definitely a big difference and a huge asset to you guys. And Samsung recently held their developers conference and announced some exciting new things. And the opportunity with Samsung's ecosystem is massive. And just to name a few, Samsung has hundreds of millions of devices. It's the largest smartphone manufacturer globally, the largest TV manufacturer globally, the largest appliance market share in the U.S., and number two in smartwatches. And they recently launched Bixby Views. Can you tell us what that is and how it is such an asset to Samsung's large ecosystem? Sure. And first, just a comment on that, you know, kind of massive market presence. You know, that was a big, when I decided to join Samsung, I just thought that's such an incredible opportunity all those devices and to voice enable and AI enable them is incredible. I'll throw one more stat out at you. Um, 70% of US households have a Samsung device and many people have more than one. So we really have a dominant presence, not only in US households, but globally. But let me get back to Bixby Views. So that's something we launched or announced at our SDC uh, big conference last week. And simply put, it's our UI framework. So this is really, really important to Samsung because inherently, when you're creating a what we call a Bixby capsule, so a capsule is equivalent of voice app, equivalent of Alexa skill or a Google action, you definitely need to focus on multimodality. I mean, I think it's fair to say that right now, every Samsung device that supports Bixby has a screen. And if you look toward the future, most devices that will support Bixby will be screen enabled. Um, so... But Bixby Views is our UI framework. What we're real excited about and where we think the real magic comes in is let's say a developer today uses Bixby Views and writes a capsule for a Samsung phone. Tomorrow, that capsule will run on a Samsung TV, on a Samsung watch, on a Samsung smart appliance or future devices uh, we introduce without any change of the code. So really, it's a UI framework that can scale from everything from a watch face to a TV and kind of everything in between. And literally all a developer has to do is add a single line of code saying, hey, I now want to enable a watch or I want to enable a TV. And then it just works, which is super exciting because you know you write once, right? And you're developing for the whole Samsung ecosystem. And I will say you absolutely have the opportunity to go in and customize the UI for each of those devices as much or as little as you want to. But the real power for well, of Bixby Views is you don't need to do that. And really, that goes down to our you know, focus on third-party developers. We want to make it super easy to develop voice applications and develop these multimodal capsules we think have such a bright future. And that saves developers so much time. Yeah. I think any developer who's done web development will recognize how much of a challenge it is, for instance, in the web to build something that supports both the desktop and mobile. There's a lot of different ways of doing that. I think I have uh, more than a few gray hairs myself from facing that challenge when I used to do a lot of web development. And really, our goal was to kind of take away a lot of those challenges and build this framework from the ground up with the thinking, hey, we're going to need to support multiple different devices. So let's build a framework that inherently supports 
all those different devices and looks pretty darn good just out of the box when we introduce a new device. And how does Bixby Views help to create a personalized voice assistant experience? Can you give some examples? Yeah, sure. So I'm going to broaden the scope and talk to you a little bit about how we view kind of usage of voice and and how personalization will fit into that. You know, when I look at, at voice use today, I think most of us, when we use our voice assistants, the interactions are pretty short-lived and they're mostly information-related. Give me some information. Um, we're not so much focused on task completion. And I think the next step is to focus on task completion and maybe longer-lived interactions. You know, and I think enabling voice on multiple devices really opens that up. So let me just give you an example of the way I think about it. Um, say I was, uh, and I was just doing this a couple weeks ago, so it's top of mind, but I was planning a family vacation. And I did it the traditional way, right? Went in the web and spent hours looking there and was talking to my wife and my kids, et cetera. But I was thinking, how, what would be a better way to do this? So on my commute home, um, you know, I was thinking about it. And what happens if on my commute home, I could start asking about places, my voice assistant, about places that I might want a vacation and start doing my research there and get some ideas and throw some ideas around. And then I get home and then I'm cooking dinner. And you know what? I start, oh, I got to start thinking of vacation again. Well, guess what? My smart fridge uh, sitting there in my kitchen, I can start talking to it, start doing some more vacation planning, kind of continue with the conversation I left off in with my car. Uh, and then maybe after dinner, the whole family sits in front of the TV and we continue our conversation about where to go on vacation and, and make a decision. And so all of this, you know, a lot of my input and my primary input mechanism was voice, voice and multimodality, you know, a screen was output. But that's an example of a long lived conversation where voice was the primary modality. And I think that in order to enable that, because to my mind, that's super powerful, right? That gets where I'm actually, you know, Planning a vacation is completing a pretty complicated task. At least in my household, it ends up being complicated. So, you know, that's enabled by one, those multiple devices. But two, if I'm planning a vacation, I definitely want some personalization there. And so it can start making recommendations. And every time more and more I use it, the more it understands me. And the more, the better the recommendations are. So, you know, definitely powered by Bixby Views, that multi-device interaction. And then powered by, we have some really powerful personalization capabilities to kind of make it easier and, and assist me. You know, very much at a, at a meta sense, we see a voice assistant. We'd like to see it become more like a, a human assistant. So, you know, if I am going, let's just take a business scenario. If I'm... If I have a human assistant and I, I go and I say, you know, I need to travel to New York next week. Well, that assistant knows here's the airline I like, here's the hotel I like to stay at, and takes care of all that for me. That's really great task completion. And so whether in that scenario, that's a business scenario or a home, planning a vacation and many others, we'd like a voice assistant to be able to do that. I like to say, put the capital A in voice assistant is the way yes. I like to characterize it. 
I agree. Vacationing is a hard thing to do. There's so many moving pieces. And it's funny, as you're describing that, I am picturing like a human being following you around from your car to your kitchen, to your living room, taking notes and being able to have that in a voice enabled way on different platforms. It also showcases again, the idea that voice is not just one thing. It's not just one device. It's everywhere. And that just is a perfect example. And I'm excited to see that come to fruition in a tremendous way because I personally would use that. Perfect. Yeah, no, I I certainly would. Like I said, I was thinking about the other day when I was doing a kind of the, uh, the modern day way of planning vacation is spending, you know, hours on the web. Mm -hmm. And there's so much other time we have that we could utilize to do that. And that's usually kind of a solo one-on-one activity. I really love the idea of the family sitting around and everyone jumping in and talking to this you know, assistant and, and it giving you ideas and thoughts about, about planning a vacation. Yeah, and finding one that works for the whole family. Voice discovery is a developing process that everyone is trying to work on. How does... Bixby do this in a unique way with what you call natural language categories? Yeah, so natural language categories is another feature that we just announced at SDC last week. And really the idea here is to break away from what we call them dispatch names. Alexa calls them invocation names. But this is the whole idea, ask voice app name to do something. You know, and the real challenge in the industry is I don't remember that invocation dispatch name or invocation name. And so discoverability is really hard. And even when I discover something and enable it, I often will forget uh, what was the name of that, right? It's not like a phone where I have a screen and can find the icon for it. So what natural language categories is, is enabling a capsule to directly answer a user's query. So a third-party developed capsule could directly answer a user's request of Bixby. And why we call it categories is this is split up into multiple different categories. Uh, we announced 14 last week, and there's many, many more coming. Everything from cooking, the ride share, and, and several others. To best explain this, let me, let me give you the use case that actually works right now. You can try it with Bixby right now, is to use ride share, the ride share category. So if I say, ask Bixby, ask Bixby, and I say, I need a ride to the airport, Bixby will pop up and say, hey, do you want to use Uber or Lyft? So those are two third-party capsules. And so I can select, I want Uber or Lyft. And then it asks you, well, would you like to make one your default? So if I make my default, if I say, let's say I choose Lyft as my default. From then on, when I say, hey, Bixby, I need a ride to the airport, or I need a ride to this business, or I need a ride home, then the Lyft capsule will automatically open and help me book that ride. Now, if I wanted to switch back to Uber, there's a setting. So it's your preferred capsule for the rideshare category. I could switch that to Uber, and then Uber would be the one that answers. Or um, let's say Lyft is my default but I want to use Uber for some reason. I can always use Uber, but I have to go to the kind of, I'll call it old school dispatch name and say, hey, ask Uber for a ride to the airport. So really what this does is puts third-party capsules in the position of first-party capsules. So in other words, your third-party capsule can basically take over uh, that category of conversations with Bixby and you can just ask it something directly. 
And we think this is pretty darn revolutionary and really going to help solve that discoverability problem because, you know, saying ask voice app name to do, that's not really a very natural way to doing something. I want to just ask it to do something. Ask it for a ride to the airport. Ask it for a recipe. Ask, you know, there's a million things you can ask it. But as a user, I want control. I prefer Lyft over Uber. Others may prefer the opposite. Or I have a particular in travel, right? I have a particular airline I like to use or a travel agency I like to use, et cetera, et cetera. So we give the power to the user to make their choice. This is the capsule I'd like to be as the default. And that empowers the user and personalizes it for the user. And then for the third party, for developers, it's awesome because if the user chooses theirs, then Bixby is automatically going to answer any questions or queries for that particular category that we call their capsules enrolled into. I love that. I mean, from what you're explaining so far, all these new things that are out is that Samsung really has the user at the forefront, really thinking about what they're asking, what they want, how they want to experience things. And you guys seem to be doing that in a very unique way. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you know, I think we, we definitely benefit from, you know, you mentioned Adam Shire is a co-founder. You know, Adam's been working in voice and conversational AI for 25 years. He was a co-founder of Siri and then sold that to Apple, worked for Apple for a couple of years and then left to create the next generation and founded Viv Labs. And so I think, you know, a lot of this kind of forward thinking represents Adam's thinking around where we should take voice and conversational AI to the, to the next level. So, you know, our challenge is to execute on that. There is definitely, we've done a lot of hard work and there's a lot of hard work uh, coming up. Yes. And another thing that was announced recently was about streamlining capsule development, which is an important thing for developers. How does Samsung do this with Bixby templates? Can you provide some examples of what this would look like as well? Yeah, sure. So um, templates are just really, uh, in the simplest possible way, they're wizards that give dev, devs a head start on building a capsule. So we have some templates in there for some really common voice patterns for fact capsules. You can create a quiz. You can create something that tells jokes. You can create something that creates a podcast. And literally, it just point, 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 click, do a couple things, and it creates the code for you. And any of the sample data or starter data you entered in there, any of the capsule completely built for you. So really a head start on, for, for developers. I want to talk about the one that I think is most interesting and actually the one that was demoed at the SDC keynote. The name is Important Search. We probably need a more sexy name than that. But uh, what the whole idea of this is, is you could take some table data. So let's say in an Excel spreadsheet or a couple spreadsheets, and then you can import them into Bixby. And then immediately Bixby understands the data in those tables, in those spreadsheets, and you can start you building a capsule around that. So the, the example, uh, give an example, and this is the one given at STC Keynote, and it's a, it's a good one because I'm a big basketball fan, was importing two tables. So one table has that, uh, all the basketball schedule data for the season. And then the other table had a bunch of all the team names, where they play, the city, kind of that metadata about the team. So then both of those are imported. 
then templates automatically created a Bixby capsule for you. And then you go in to uh, what we call training. And this is where you enter your natural language utterances and tell Bixby how to understand this. And so you go in and you enter utterances like, when are team name playing next week? So when are the Warriors playing next week? Or who are the Knicks playing on December 5th? Or what teams are playing in Los Angeles over Thanksgiving weekend? And so you train those Bixby to understand those utterances through basically a point and click interface. And then all of a sudden, quite quickly, literally in a, in a matter of minutes, you have a capsule that now understands the basketball schedule. So you could ask all those questions and more. Really, really pretty powerful to be able to import table data and then start writing natural language queries that query that data and it just works. So that's the one that we're um, kind of most proud of and the one that we think offers the most opportunities. Although other ones are great, they're just a little simpler, but really follow some common voice patterns. And you know, I think we certainly are, you know, initially targeting developers with this. But when I look at it and I think about importing this data or kicking this off, and then I'm creating natural language queries, that's definitely the domain of voice designers as well. So I don't see why a fairly technical or a moderately technically skilled voice designer could use this tool today. And the eventual goal is to enable this for what I call the power business user. So the user who, you know, a power business user, somebody who's great at Excel, for instance, would get this tool, could use it, and can understand how to build their own voice application. So I think there's much more to come here. You know, we like to call it uh, natural language-driven development. And we have a lot of ambitious plans. So what we kind of rolled out with templates now and what developers or designers can try right now is just the beginning. Yeah, and I think this solves the problem, too, of what a lot of businesses say when they're asked, okay, do you want to have a, a voice plan? They're like, oh, do I have to create more stuff? And this is a great example of you can actually take some of the content, some of the information you already have in an, in an Excel spreadsheet and bring it into voice in an easy way without creating new things. So I think that's a great example. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the idea is to take this and exist. We, we all have too many Excel spreadsheets in our life, I'd say. Yes. <laughs> right. And there's an awful lot of business data, you know, locked up in Excel spreadsheets. Right. You know, I, I spent many years working for, you know, Fortune 500 companies. And, you know, you always joke about how much of the company's data is locked away in Excel. Right. And so what about a, a voice enabling those Excel spreadsheets by uploading them into, into Bixby? I think I think there's a bunch of cool stuff that can be built here. and We haven't even imagined half of it or even 10 yes. percent of it. Yeah, it's very exciting. And I know you were telling me earlier, there is an incredible opportunity for developers coming up called Bixby Dev Jam. Can you tell us what that is, what the prizes are, and when it will be held? Yeah, sure. So Bixby Dev Jam is our contest for basically the best Bixby capsule or capsules. It's going on right now. So basically, as a developer, you have until December 9th to get your capsule approved and published in the marketplace. I'll go back to why approved and published is important, not just submitted. But let me talk to you about the prizes because I think these are pretty cool. So the first prize is 10K in cash, plus Adam Shire uh, helping give you uh, some entrepreneurship and mentorship. Uh, we have two second prizes for 5K each. 
And then we have 25 uh, $1,000 prizes, really for best capsule in the various store categories. And then just five, five uh, prizes for uh, kind of third place best capsules. And here's the other cool thing is, uh, and I think this is big and it's a big uh, thing, is the first 250 capsules that are submitted and approved get $300 Samsung store credit. So right now is a great time to go learn Bixby. And I'd say go learn Bixby, create something compelling, submit it, do that soon, and you'll get that $300 Samsung store credit. And if you build something really amazing, um, you have a great chance to win up to $10,000 in some you know, entrepreneurship uh, coaching with Adam Shire. So if you want to go do this, you need to go to BixbyDevJam.com. And, you know, frankly, I'd really love to see what all of you build. Um, one of the things that gets me super excited is to see the creativity that people come up with, things that I wouldn't have thought of in a million years. And frankly, none of us here at Bit would have thought in a million years people come up with. So re really fun to be on the judging side to see all these things coming in. And when it comes to judging this type of contest, what are some suggestions you have on how someone can win this event? Like, what are they looking for? Okay, so that's a great question. And um, I better know the answer of some hint because we Samsung actually had a Bixby contest last year that was similar to this. And it was with the beta version of Bixby. And I actually, uh, that was when I was doing my independent uh, voice consulting and I actually won that contest. Oh, congrats. So, that's exciting. Thank you. Thank you. So here's the way I look at it. So first, the thing is to look for what I'll call voice-first opportunities. And what I mean by that is something that really makes sense to use voice for. So, you know, think about your day-to-day -day activities. Think about what I always like to think about is I go and I want to do something. I have to pull up my phone. I have to go. I have to find an app. I have to launch the app. I have to, you know, type or swipe in that app to, to have that happen. Now, sometimes that app may be the best way to do that. But oftentimes, if I could just say it, it could be done a lot faster and quicker. Or I run over to my computer all the time and use Google to go find something. I'm like, wow, maybe there's a voice-enabled way to do that. Or I'm in, stuck in some program and I got to, there's 27 menus and I got to do something that I explain in one sentence. Hmm, great opportunity to voice-enable. So my point is, is think about ways and places where voice is the very best modality. Now, one of the advantages you have with Bixby is it's inherently multimodal. So you do have a display and a screen. So you definitely want to take care of that. And that'd be my, my next kind of hint would really be, you definitely want to use the features of Bixby and what we see is unique. You definitely want to build a rich multimodal experience. And then finally, I mean, the simplest part, make it fun or super useful. You know, I think a lot of it is you pick something up and you try something. Did I enjoy it? Do I have fun? Or is it like, wow, I really need this, right? How did I live before this happened? This is going to save me a, a bunch of time. So, you know, just make it, make it fun or useful. Make it kind of snap immediately into the judge's head that this is either fun, I don't want to stop using it, or darn, I, I need to see this go live in the marketplace. I'm going to enable this right away because I'm going to use it. Yeah, I think those are great tips. Now, is this event, is it open to 
anyone? Do they have to be individual, work for a company, developers? Who is it specifically for? Yeah, so it is open to anyone. You do need a U.S. address to do this, and I believe you need to be 18 or, or over. Other than that, uh, and you can't be a Samsung employee, typical caveats, but it's open to anyone, fixmedevjam.com. Once again, I want to reiterate that deadline of December 9th. That's to get it approved, which means you need to go through the approval process. So if I were doing this, and if I could, I would definitely be targeting, uh, one, I'd get some, uh, some things in quickly, because I'd love to win that $300 Samsung store credit. But I would, you know, if I had my grand uh, capsule that I wanted to win 10K with, I would definitely submit that no later than early December or even earlier, because I definitely want to go through the approval process. Sometimes there's little challenges with things and they get rejected and people, developers need to resubmit them. Do you want to give us some time to, to get that all ready and approved and in the marketplace and then uh, go for it? Love to see what you guys build. Now, we talked about a lot of great things today. If people want to learn more about anything we talked about or they want to connect with you, where can they do that? Yeah, so first one, the Bixby perspective, and we'll add to the show notes as well. It's www.bixbydevelopers.com. That's really your homepage for everything Bixby. That's where you will first go to download the Bixby Developer Studio, which is our IDE, which you do all Bixby development. Um, we have all our documentation there. We have links to our sample code uh, that is hosted on GitHub. We have some videos there. So that's really your kind of Bixby homepage. That's where to learn more about Bixby. I would love to continue the conversation or connect to people listening to this. And uh, Twitter is the best way to keep in contact with me. I'm fairly active there. It's at Roger Kibbe at R-O-G-E-R-K-I-B-B-E. Let's connect and continue the conversation. I'd love to hear your questions or thoughts around Bixby or just voice in general. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Twitter and, and sharing ideas and, and thoughts there. And the last question we like to ask on this show to help promote voice as a whole is what is a current flash briefing or voice skill or experience that you're really enjoying right now? Sure. Can I cheat and, and, and uh, give you two? Yes, of course. All right. So the first one is something called Big Sky. So this is a weather capsule, pretty darn well known, uh, originated on Alexa, but it is a really is a really detailed kind of weather information, much more detailed than what's built into the, the platforms typically. I'm a bit of a weather geek. I like to know all the ins and outs and details. And this thing, when you ask Big Sky for the weather, it gives you all those details. If you can ask it for more, it's something that I use pretty much every day. Matter of fact, multiple times a day sometimes, especially when the seasons are changing. So love Big Sky. Second one is something that's built in to Bixby, and that's the Yelp capsule. And why I really like that is I think we've all used Yelp as an app. But when you really, if you use the Bixby Yelp capsule, it behaves and acts a lot like a voice-enabled Yelp app, essentially. And I actually find that a great way. Sometimes I have pretty complex queries. Like I want to find a restaurant that's open uh, sun, next Sunday for lunch and is over four stars. You know, I can say that all together in voice and do that really quickly. And the capsule understands that. And that's a lot more efficient than me opening the app and then setting all these filters. And then so it's kind of a really great use case of where 
voice is a great modality for input. And so, yeah, I end up using that quite a bit. Really like it a lot. Well, this has been incredibly interesting and informative. So thank you so much, Roger, for being here. Well, thanks, Carrie. Uh, really, the pleasure has been all mine. I love to talk about this stuff. I look forward to uh, connecting and continuing the conversation for anyone who would like to on, on Twitter. And then uh, I don't know if any of the listeners are going to be at the uh, in January in Chattanooga at the Project Voice Conference. I'll be speaking there and uh, love to meet people there or next fall at Voice Summit or any of our in-person events we're having over the next year. I would love to meet you all in person. Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, feel free to send us an email at kerry at modev.com. That's K-E-R-I at modev.com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you. And we look forward to chatting with you next week.